Alrighty, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Unleashed and Unstoppable Show. My name is Todd Pierce. And my name's Dean Martin. And gosh, look, we're up to episode number three. And if you're here with us right now, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Um, as you can see, my um, look's changed a little bit, right? Hey, look at that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm rocking the mo at the moment. Obviously, we're right in the, uh, the center of Movember. So at the moment. I know, I'm getting momentum. <laughs> I'm in motion, mate. <laughs> um, but look, in today's episode, we want to talk about something exceptionally important, which is emotions, right? So emotions. And, and the, thing, the thing with this is, right, like we ran an event, I think it was, was the last weekend, the weekend before? The two-day uh, event. The two day last event. weekend, yes. Last weekend, last yeah. Last weekend. So we run our, our, our event called Breakthrough the mm. BS, which is basically where we get people into a room and over the space of 16 hours, we break through all of their emotional baggage, their limitations, their doubts. We, we take them and we help them create a compelling future, all the good stuff, right? But the big part of the, the program is the emotional element. Mm. And like emotions are everything, yeah. And the the amount of people, even on our our, our seven hour one day events that we do, like so many people um, are trapped by their emotions. So I thought, you know, and this may or may not just be one episode that we do on this. Um, chances are this may span out to a little bit of a series because there's just so many like elements to emotional well-being and regulation and and stuff like that. Mm. But that's what this episode is about. This episode is all about you taking control of your emotions. It's all about you really having that fine hold because at the end of the day, right, is that if you don't learn to control your emotions, your emotions are going to control you. And there's, there's a fine line and you have to be able to, number one, be able to, be able to control things with your head but also not – disconnect completely from the emotions. Like there's a, there's a fine line because like I've been coaching now, what, for almost a decade and I've seen people that are too emotional. I don't know if you know anybody like that. Maybe that's you as well. Um, and I've seen people that are completely disconnected from their emotions as well. Like, I mean, like they're this cold and that creates its own set of issues and we might even touch on that today as well. But like it, it's, it's a fine line. But emotional irregulation, in my mm. opinion, is an, an extraordinarily important skill. And I was actually reading this study that suggested that, you know, key factors of success, get this right, so EQ, which is emotional intelligence, surpasses IQ in regards to the, uh, a marker of your success. Like, understand me correctly, right? You, it, it, success is highly related to intelligence, but surprisingly, emotional intelligence is a, a higher marker for success in many things because... Yeah. As, as you'll probably agree, right? Like if you're able to notice other people's emotions, which is all about emotional intelligence, right? Empathy. So be able to, to, to feel what they're feeling, get it, to step in their shoes and understand where they're at, but then also being able to guide them as well mm. out of those states, but also yourself when you get in negative states. Like this yep. is all emotional intelligence. It's such an important thing. But is emotions always just a negative thing? Absolutely not. And this is what's funny, right? Like think about this. Like when you think about emotions – a lot of people like to break it up into two different parts. They say, oh, I've got these positive emotions that make me feel good. And then you've got yeah. these negative emotions. And like negative emotions have got a bad rap, if you, you kind of kind of call it that right. They've got a bad rap over time because at the end of the day, we call them a negative emotion, number mm. one, because they don't feel good. But number two, quite often when we're in a quote-unquote negative state, negative things can occur, negative consequences. Mm. So, look, I think today let's let's kind of dive into, I guess, negative emotions, um, what they could mean, what they could be trying to teach us, how we can grow from them instead of burning from them. And then 
also, you know, the, the, the flip side of the coin, which is when we're not feeling any emotions at all and how that can create a massive issue in your life because the disconnect from emotion can cause whole ranges of problems, physical problems as well, which I'll explain a couple of examples mm. as well with people that we've worked with. But, like, it's funny because, like, this emotional thing, like, obviously, as a coach, a big part of the stuff that we do work with is emotions because the, the one thing that you need to, to take control of in your life if you want to make it better, if you want to improve things, if you want to improve your health, if you want to improve your wealth, if you want to improve your relationships, right, is that you have to start making better decisions on a day-by-day basis, right? Like there's massive action. As I say in, in, in live events, I'll draw like a, a diagram, right? And the diagram kind of looks like this. If imagine out here, this graph, right? You've got, I feel good at the top and then I feel shit down here. And then right in the center is this line that represents time. And I kind of say that like every single moment, every single day, we're making these small little choices, right? And like, you know, Tony Robbins always talks about massive action. You have to take massive action, which is absolutely true. And like in, in live events, I'll be like, you know, massive action is like, I decided I'm going to get it, get in and, and, and fix my health, right? I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to get fit. And massive action is going home and taking that momentum, that juice, that energy from that decision and, and grabbing all the shit out of the fridge, walk into the bin and chucking it in the bin, right? You're like, that's it, it's done. If you really want to go a step further, you grab a light, match it up and blow it all up, right? <laughs> See you later. Don't, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> I'm enough, not accountable, I'm not liable for that There's suggestion. enough fires around already and we don't, want it to, we don't want another fire based on a donut, right? Oh, don't worry, mate. <laughs> I'm sure Scott Morrison won't mind. He'll just, he's told you to go watch the bloody cricket. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's not go on a tangent. Ooh. Oh, fucking scammer. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> So so that's massive action, right? Going into taking these massive, big, impactful, dramatic actions. However, the, the, the fact is, is that our lives aren't made in these big theatrical, dramatic decisions, right? It's not like this dude running off of a running on the top of a 36-story building and then, like, the love of his life is in the helicopter being kidnapped by the, the bad guys and he, <laughs> he runs and he's got his machine gun and he jumps off of the building and he grabs the helicopter and he gets up there and he beats them up and then he, without any helicopter training, flies a helicopter down and parks it perfectly and, you know, it saves the day. That's dramatic. And I think, like, you know, the movies and Hollywood have embellished these things so much so that we think that the things that change our lives and the things that make us better in all areas have to be dramatic. When the fact is, and we talk about this, right, this is a law of compounding effect. This is a law of incremental change, small actions upon small actions that build up to be big things, right? And it's the, it's, it's the small decisions that stack up over time that make significant differences in your life. You're like you a know, snowball, right? Hard, man. Mm. I say this all the time. What is the most powerful force in the world? Time. Time is the most powerful force in the world. It's the thing that, 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 that shapes everything, right? Mm. And, like, you don't realize that you just making one decision right now today, for example, to drink water instead of a soft drink, like, that's boring. It's, it, it's marginal. It's not even noticeable what impact that, that, that little decision right there will get. Right there, right? Mm. You don't know what that decision right there will have for you 10 years from now, right? 
10 years from now, let's assume that one day, you've got two people, right? One day, one person decides that they're going to start swapping their soft drinks for water. The other one continues drinking soft drinks. Like, it's boring. It's marginal. It's not even noticeable, the difference. However, you go out 10 years from now, right? So from there, right, you go out 10 years, small little decisions. They're in entirely different places. You've got one person that's in hospital with all these different health problems and another one that's much more healthy because you could assume that they made that health choice back there to drink water instead of soft drinks. Maybe they're health conscious. Maybe they also make better choices in regards to their food intake as well, right? They respect the machine that is their body and they don't put crappy fuels in there but they put you in two entirely different places and it's over time. It's only when you look back and you look at where you were that you notice, wow, all these little mm-hmm. decisions stacked up to make one big thing, which is a good quality of life, which is happiness, which is love, which is wealth, which is all the things that we need as human beings. Mm. I've never seen anyone put 20 kilos on overnight. Never. But we, you know, we, we get there and we're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fat. I've got no money. I'm fucking whatever, right? How did, how did it happen? So decisions. And when we backtrack, how do you make a good decision? Well, the way you make a good decision is by being in a good emotional state. Mm. I can backtrack, and I know you can as well, listening to this or watching this, Dean can as well. Every single like shitty thing that's happened in my life, I can backtrack to bad decisions made, and I can backtrack those bad decisions into negative states. Anger was my go-to emotion. Start to think about this, right? We've all got emotional homes, right? Where we kind of, where we kind of gravitate back towards like a set point. It's like where the barometer is set. And like for me during my teens, like anger was my set point. Other people that, you know, go through different things, they respond differently to the world, right? They might close off and sadness Mm. becomes their set point. And once again, I don't think that we're born angry. I don't think that we're born sad or anything like that. Okay. It's something that we were conditioned to. Mm. Like a story that I don't really tell too many people is like when I was around like eight or nine, I got chucked into a nut house, bro. Wow, a nut house. <laughs> Not, what, like walnuts or no, no, cashew I mean, nuts? I, I mean like a fucking nut house, man. Right. I, chucked, I chucked into a little fucking a kid's nut asylum. Like a mental home. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So there's no cashews here. No, yeah, no just, just me, mate. I was only nut. But like I don't tell – I haven't told a lot of people this story. Um, but it, it, it's, it's extremely relevant for what I'm, we're going to talk about here in this episode mm. here because like before that – um, like he's watching and listening these in, in, of these podcasts in succession, you probably just thinking, "Fuck, this guy's had a messed up life." But I was <laughs> <laughs> in jail. But like, I was chucked into this nut house, and I was there for a while. I can't remember how long. I think it was a couple of months. Um, and and like, it's interesting because like, as I reflect, and this is completely relevant and contextualized, just into why it's important to to, to have good emotional regulation, and but also why it's important to not disconnect from emotions. Because what I learned there, right, is I learned how to not feel. Mm-hmm. And like, it's funny because then when I when I look at like some of the shit that I did during my teens, and like, how's it possible that I did that? It's because I didn't feel anything. I was so dis- disconnected and cold and cut off. And like, even today, I've got like that in me, right? I've got that capacity in me to cut off and be completely cold. I, 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 can, I can still do it. And it started mm. when, I was in, when, I, when, I was, when I was like eight or nine, whenever it was that I got chucked in that nut house because here's what happened, right? Before that, I couldn't control my emotions at all. I'd get angry, I'd get sad, I'd get angry and I was just up and down, right? I was on the Ritalin, I was on the Cataprys, I was on the Dexamphetamines, I was on the drugs and it was just, it was just chaos, right? Like you can imagine like our... our upbringing every weekend kind of was like a party at, at mum's place and like you know there was people around lots of drinking and like that was the environment and I was just there's always this, these mixed energies around 
and like energy affects kids, which most people don't necessarily realize. And I won't get too woo woo on your asses right now, but like it, it does. And like it all kind of boiled up one night where I got chucked in the nut house. And, um, and it's funny because when I was there, like I, I, I remember I got sedated and I woke up there. Have you ever been sedated before by the needle? No, never. Oh, uh, surgery. That's about it. So you haven't had like the actual needle, no, but no, 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 no. Have you, I don't know if anyone listening to this or watching this has, but man, that sucks. I woke up in this nut house, right? And I must have had a bit of an ab reaction to the, the, the sedative or they gave me too much or I don't know. But like, I, I remember, I vaguely remember, like I lost my shit wherever I was before that. And I was just spacking out. I felt betrayed by my mom. I felt betrayed by everybody. And it was just like, it was chaos. And the way they contained the chaos is they sedated me. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I woke up in this nut house and my eyes were rolled into the back of my head. Like I couldn't, it was so scary, man. It was so scary. I couldn't bring my fucking eyes down. Yeah, and I was wow. just like so scared and I was like laying there. I could hear like all these kids and my eyes are up in my head. I had absolutely no idea where I was. I couldn't move my body properly. And like as I started to come to, I found out that I'm, I'm in this place. I'm alone. And like, you know, how, how deep does betrayal run? I don't know. But and what, what's its effects? Well, its mm. effects can definitely be negative, surely, right? Um, which we'll talk about those more later. But, it's but a like, story. yeah, different stories, many stories. But what I learned is this, right? Because I, I, I was in there for a while and they they were playing around with different medication concoctions to try to control me. Mm. And I became very quickly the escape artist. Um, I, I tried to escape, I think, four times. I successfully escaped once. <laughs> but So I got sedated four times. Like I, uh, I made, made a break out the front door and they chased me down. They tackled me. They sedated me and I woke up in my bed again with my eyes back. My mum came and saw me one time. I felt so betrayed and hurt by her that I just lost my shit and like I was raging and I was just like telling her to leave and I boom, I sedated. I woke up in that padded room. Um, I tried to escape again another way. I jumped over this fence and I run down the do- driveway got caught me, they sedated me. And then I remember another time I did escape and I actually escaped this nut house and I made it all the way out onto the main road, which is actually, the, it's it's the, the Royal Brisbane, bro, Royal Brisbane Children's oh, Hospital. Yeah, 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 down there, yeah. um, just near the RNA showgrounds. And I'm there and it's busy and there's cars everywhere. I'm young and I had no idea where I was. I'm just like, I don't know where I am. And then... <laughs> In what I could only call embarrassed defeat. I was defeated and I was embarrassed. I made my way back up to the nut house. I'm like, I escaped. You I'm back. You didn't stop at Hungry Jack's there? No. No. <laughs> I'm back. Take me. Lock me up. <laughs> like I didn't get sedated. But moral of the story this is, right, is that when I was there, what, what happened was any misbehavior basically was, was punished. Right. Mm. So what I quickly learned is that if I display no emotion, then I one won't be sedated, and two, I'll get rewarded. Yeah, and right. what I what I learned to do there is how to disconnect from emotion. So I dissociated from my emotions, which in and of itself was not a good thing, because the fact is, here's the thing, right? Like there are people that are overly emotional. There are people that feel no emotions. The fact is, if you feel them or you don't feel them, the emotions are still there. Mm. Okay, you you still get, I say this to guys all the time, right? Like you still get pissed off if you you don't feel it. Mm -hmm. You still get frustrated. You still feel let down. You still feel hurt, even if it's not there. And like I became a monster when I used to drink. And the reason why is because I feel when you when you drink, it's like the like the, 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 the there's a, there's a there's a monster in a castle, and the walls surrounding the castle are the 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 cage that keep the beast locked in, 
right? Doors locked, guards watching it. You drink alcohol, it's like the guards getting sedated, the, the gate getting opened, and the monster's allowed to come out and run. And that monster for some people is anger. That monster for other people is sadness. Mm. For me, it was anger because, see, I didn't like to feel hurt. Hurt hurts. <laughs> and that's what I had a lot of during my teens. And I'd drink... And instead of feeling hurt, it would go instantly skip over the hurt and it would go straight into anger and resentment. And that's how I became violent. That's how I always used to fight. That's how all that stuff's happened. But it's all there. And when I was sober, I was disconnected. I had no connection to emotion, right? And, like, I've, I've met people, just so you know, like I've met people in coaching settings that have no connection to their emotions. And, like, we had a lady just, God, a couple of months ago, we had an event that we run. And um, would have been, like, what, six months ago? I think it was last BWS. Yes. Remember, remember old love that jumped up Mate. on stage with the, with the pain? So she had this lady had pain, right? She had chronic pain. She'd been to all the doctors. No doctor could find out what was wrong. No doctor could fix it. And she had chronic, chronic pain. And, and she, she tried all these things. Medication didn't work. It was always bad, right? And, like, when I got up onto the stage, she was sitting on about a 7 or 8 out of 10 of pain. That's how painful it was. And within five to, to, to ten minutes, we'd got her pain down to a zero just by helping her reconnect with emotions. Mm. And it's funny because I remember she cried on stage. Yeah. Like she went, did. it was like a roller coaster. For those who were watching it, it was like a roller coaster. She got up and she felt fine. Um, I said, you know, went through a series of, of questioning things that we do with this, this, this technique. And she very, very quickly went, I feel this way. And then I feel this way. And then I feel this way. And she's crying. And then it went back up. She went down. And she went through this roller coaster over five to 10 minutes. But the result at the end was that her pain was gone. Mm. And she blew her away. Yep. And just so you know, we've never met this person before. Ever. ever. And we didn't know her story or anything until this one moment in our event where she put her hand up and told yep. us. And she was from a different a she was from it. a different part of the world. Mm. Like language doesn't mean nothing, right? There's there's no language barrier when it comes to emotion. Yeah. Right? And and the way our, our human minds and bodies work and interplay, the, the, the mind-body connection is it's tightly woven. And we don't feel emotions for no reason. They're there to, to, to teach us something, to show yeah. us something. So when you think about emotions, let's talk about the, the, the lessons inherent in emotions so we can learn from them instead of burning from them. So, so anger is a, is, a, is a common thing. There are a lot of people mm. um, on the weekend this, just gone who had some anger issues and that was obviously playing, creating some chaos in their life. And the interesting thing, right, is that like when we do coaching with people and we help them overcome their stuff, it, 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 the, the thing is like a, a requisite of them maintaining their growth, maintaining the change that they get after releasing all their emotions is that they have to enforce their boundaries. Mm. And like, that is what anger is. Mm. Like, think about this, like any time that you've been angry in the past, like instead of saying anger is a bad thing, because see, when I was young, I got sent to this fucking an anger management thing. Yeah. And like these spastics that guess what they told me, right? They told me that if you feel angry, ignore it and go do something else. Ignore it. Push it down. Bottle it up. Well, isn't that a common thing these days? Just push it down and Just bottle it up. Uh, ignore it. Else. Ignore it. Whew. And obviously that proved to be a sensational suggestion. Mm. Um, not. That's a not joke, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anger. Let's talk about the, the, the lessons inherent. So if you think about the emotion of anger, right? What could that be? What could be the positive lesson that anger could be teaching you? Because I don't feel mm. anger is not, in my opinion, to go and beat somebody up, to scream at someone, to hurt somebody else. Like, it's just not that. For me, like, if think about an emotion. Emotion is this chemical reaction inside of the body that mm. we give a label, 
right? We give it a label, this means this, and boom, then it becomes what it is. And we talked about labels previously. So they're a bit like when your oil runs out in your car and the oil light comes on your dash, right? It's a warning sign. Correct. Warning sign. Great example. So they're like a warning sign. Something is happening because, see, consciously we can process what, you know, four to four to seven things at any point of time. Like that's like a short-term memory, a, a short-term bit of focus, right? So it's very limited in regards to our processing power um, consciously. However, the part of our minds that do everything, right, to store us of our emotions, to store us of our memories, our, our values, our beliefs, all the things that make us us right now is our unconscious minds. And, and that part of you simultaneously is regulating your body, your breathing, your heart, mm. everything. It's noticing all the things, right? It's taking a massive, big chunk of information, which is the world around us. It's, 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 it's all hitting the unconscious mind. And then to process it and make sense of it, it gets, ch- it gets chunked all the way down to this small little package of, of information, which is called our focus, right? And the thing is, is that even though our focus only sees this small little tiny thing like this, mm-hmm. the fact is your unconscious mind is still noticing all the things, right? So all, all the things. Mm. So what's important to be cognizant of here, right, to be, caught, to, to be aware of is that when we feel anger, and this is, this is specifically relevant when you, when you feel anger and you don't know why, there's two reasons why that would happen. Number one, you've got unresolved anger from your past that is using the current experience as your unconscious mind is using the current event as a way to resolve some of your pent up stuff from the past. And it only one or two things happen, right? It's got to give the example in live events. Like I used to do road rage exceptionally well, like <laughs> almost ripping my car, car steering. If, I, if you're in the right hand lane, right? And you were going slow. Oh man, I tell you what, if you're going the speed limit in the right-hand lane, which is the overtaking lane, um, I'm losing my shit. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like borderline ripping the freaking <laughs> steering wheel off. So that's some stuff there. And the way I explain it in events is like, is like when we overreact to something in the moment, it's most likely your unconscious mind using this current experience as an opportunity to resolve something that's unresolved at the unconscious level because your unconscious mind wants to be whole. It wants to be healthy. It wants to be happy. Its highest intention is to preserve you, preserve your body, and make sure that you're feeling good, yeah, and you're safe. So, like, I'll be driving along and I'll get this trigger. Boom, that person going slow. Instantly, my unconscious mind goes and gets all this past. This is before I dealt with my shit, right? It would go to all, get all of my past emotional stuff and go, I wonder if Todd's ready to deal with this. <gasps> and it's like it slams me right in the face. And I'll be like, ah! And I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'm like, fucking this little shitty sunroof in my old Sylvia that I used to have. And I'll be like, my hand's out the window. And I'm like, wanting to just like beat this person up in the car in front of me. And I get past this an old lady. I'm like, you fucking old lady. This rage. And then your unconscious mind's like, oh, maybe they can't quite deal with that right yet. And they take it and they put that back down there. And they stir it back down there to be resolved again later. Right? That's how we, we sometimes overreact to things. Um, and in respect to anger, anger often means, in my opinion, and you can try this on for yourself if it makes sense, please accept it. If it doesn't, that's all good. Um, so anger, in my opinion, is, is something that we feel when somebody's crossing our boundaries. Right? Mm. Understand that, right? Someone's crossing my boundaries. Someone or something is crossing my boundaries. And your unconscious mind is giving you the, 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 the juice, the energy to enforce your boundary in a healthy way, right? Emphasis on healthy way. 
<laughs> you don't need to go beat somebody up. Like, have you ever noticed, like, when you're mad? Like, you, you would have experienced this. How about this? When you're mad and, like, you can be furious, as soon as you just say the thing you have to say to that person, where's the emotion? Gone, right? Instantly. Like, is, and Instantly you, you, if you're listening to this or watching this, you, you, surely you've had experience of that as well. You've been mad in the past. And as soon as you just mm. said the thing that you had to say, boom, the emotion's Instantly gone. But we sit there in, in ourselves and go over and over and over and over and over and over and over again it's and just that, build on it. The don't little we? bloody chatterbox in our head that loops it around, loops mm. it around, which is why, like, for me right now in this current age that I'm at, I'm almost 30. I'm all about expression over suppression. Mm. So express yourself. Express yourself. You know, avoid sitting there just letting it loop around, loop around, because I guarantee, right? Like, if the only feedback loop you have is yourself, then you're just going to continue to perpetuate the same negative bullshit that's made you feel bad in the first place. And, like, we all get this in the, like, I've done this, Dean's, like, like, this is a normal thing to have Mm -hmm. negative loops occurring, right? And, like, one of the elements of depression when people cycle out of control, like a downward spiral when it comes to depression, is that they, 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 they become secluded, right? They close off from the world. They stop talking to people. The only feedback loop that that they've got is themselves, right? If you're only bouncing ideas and thoughts off of the wall and it's coming straight back to you, then like you're the only one that's assessing the shit that's going on in your head. Like Mm. the basis of sanity is being connected with other people. Like think about it. Being connected with other people and being able to communicate with others that can pull us up on our bullshit and correct our thought patterns is absolutely essential to our lives and actually living because human beings are naturally negative. It's what kept us alive back in the caves when there's a saber-toothed tiger outside the cave that wanted to eat us for dinner. Right? So like we're hardwired to neg- to be negative. This is a, a fundamental truth, which is why every single day you have to fine-tune your mind. Every mm-hmm. single day you need to do things that make you feel strong. Every single day you have to do things that increase your confidence, increase your versatility, your strength, your mm-hmm. resilience. It's not this a, a one time I listened to a motivational audio. Oh, I went to a motivational course this one time 10 years ago. I don't know why it's not working now. It's because life happens <laughs> and life is a brutal, savage mistress. <laughs> she'll literally, she'll, she'll pull you in, she'll chew you up, she'll spit you out and like she won't even fucking make sure you got a Band-Aid, okay? Like you have to always be doing something to make sure your mind's right and if you're your, own, your only feedback loop, right, then it's not good because that's going to put you in a negative spin. So you have to express yourself instead of suppressing things. It, believe me, your, your mental health is going to increase dramatically if you just adopt one thing from this episode, which is expression over suppression. Yeah. It's a good thing to um, always, when you do express, to make sure you go to the person that's actually crossed your boundaries and sorted out them instead of going to all your friends and... Yes. Uh, like, you know, whinging and bitching. Absolutely. That, that, that's actually a good else. thing because other people will reward your story, right? They'll, mm. they'll, they'll reward your story. They will effectively humor the thing that you're mm. doing because like, like that, that's what they do. That's what friends do. Right. But like, there is so much more power. Like say someone's made you mad, right? They pissed you off and you could go and you could talk to your friends. Oh, this person's really, really pissed me off. But the fact is, is that you're not really giving your unconscious mind the thing that it needs to actually get the resolution. Mm. So if possible, right, if possible, 
to, to be able to have a conversation face to face over the phone with the person that's crossed your boundaries and to be able to communicate that with them effectively so that everything's cleared out, everything's, you know, the laundry are cleared out. What that's going to do for you is it's going to allow you to get the resolution right there and on the spot. And here's the thing when it comes to like anger and people crossing your boundaries. Like if people continue to cross your boundaries again and again and again and again and again, the question that you need to ask yourself is, well, how fucking valuable is this person in my life? Mm-hmm. Like do I need them in my life? All right? Because if, if, if they're not supporting the future you and everything that you wish to become and have in the future – Right. Or, you know, like I've had people like this in my past that I had to let go because they only resonated with the old me. They only resonated with this past version of me that that was I was breaking away from. Right. Like you need to to cut that chain, because if someone's going to continually cross your boundaries and not give a shit about how pissed off it makes you get, then you need to be like, cool, clean cut. If they if you had the conversation with them and they still can't meet you there then it's like, okay, obviously you don't respect me enough to meet me there yeah. and, 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 and continue this, this relationship. So yeah. that's anger, right? Boundaries being crossed. <clears throat> the next emotion is sadness. Now, sadness is an interesting one because I don't think anybody likes to feel sad. <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, no, not normally. I don't know, unless they get something from it, unless they've got secondary gain where they feel sad and then they get connection and sympathy from mm. other people. But that's a sympathy, a sympathy cycle which is destructive in, in and of itself. But it's another time, that one. hundred percent. So sadness is an interesting one because for me, in my opinion, based on all the people that I work with, and I always get curious and I chat to people and I find out how is it possible, right? Because like the way I coach and the way I teach people to coach is like becoming really curious about like the the the, the person that you're 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 chatting with, you're working with, and I get so curious. And when we dig deep and we look at how it's possible, the sadness has become a thing in their life. I feel like sadness is the process of focusing on things that we've lost or that are missing. So the presupposition of that is that sadness is predicated on focusing on things from the past. Mm. Right? So how do you stop doing that? Well, it's like it's like <clears throat> you said this. You're like, it's like a, a warning light. It's a warning light yep. in your car, right? So you're starting to feel really sad. Well, if you you, you, you you accept the assumption that sadness is predicated on a past focus, then that can be your unconscious mind saying, hey, 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 Dean, stop it. You're focusing on the past, mate. You're focusing on what you've lost. You're focusing mm. on what's missing. Stop it. Start to focus on what you have and be grateful and start to focus on what you can have. Get so, excited. So we can't go back to the past and get what we once had. Correct. You can't go oh, like shit. the past has happened. Like as this word comes out of my ma- mouth, it's already the past. I can't go back and it edit is. it. Well, I can. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I've got momentum, so yes, yes. I suppose hey, the dirty mo. <laughs> it is, mate. It's a seventies porn star. At the end of the day, we walk forwards for a reason, right? If we walk backwards all the time, we'll eventually fall over. Hundred percent. That's mm. right. So it's like you know, you can't go back to the past and change things. But what you can do is you can accept things that have happened, you mm. can get acceptance. Then from acceptance, you can take ownership. And then from ownership, you can be grateful. And then you can start to focus on the future and all the things that it can bring. But it starts with accepting. Yeah, look, things may have gone wrong in the past. People may have been lost. Things may have been lost. Things may be gone. And you may not be happy with the fact that things are gone. Mm. Okay? If you're sad, you're probably not happy with the fact that things go- have gone. 
But the fact is, is that in, in, in some cases, that is outside of your control and there's nothing you can damn well do about it. And the question you have to ask yourself is if you've got this repeated sadness coming over you, how long are you going to stay trapped by this need to control something that's outside of your control? Because that, to me, is my opinion, right? Like if you want a surefire recipe for success, sadness and and, and fear, like anxiety, it's, it's focusing on things that have gone wrong and that you've lost and it's focusing on things that you can't control. Like it's a recipe for disaster. If you, if you went down the rabbit hole far enough, you could almost say that the only thing you can control is yourself. That, but that's sadness, right? Sadness is, is, is in, my, in my opinion, is, is a past focus and it's the warning light coming on in your car saying, hey, stop it. Stop focusing on what you've lost. That's outside of your control. It's gone. Accept what's gone. Appreciate what you have and focus on the things that you can get in the future mm. and get excited because like you're worth it and you, you can get something. You know, it's completely yeah. possible. You got this. It's time for a learning curve. Mm. So that's sadness. The next one's fear. 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 fear that beautiful fear. Love it. Now, look, fear is an interesting one, right? Like fear is a natural, natural, natural emotion. It doesn't have to be something that's feared. Mm. <laughs> you can definitely move beyond it, right? And, and the thing is, right, we're born with two fears, and that's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. That's our two natural fears. Everything else is learned right it's learned all of our fears outside of falling and loud noises are learned and how funny is this most people forget their fear of loud noises and falling and then learn all these other fucking bullshit ones right how how funny is that i've only just thought about that just soon as i said it but how funny is that we forget our two natural fears that we're born with and then we learn all these other bullshit ones yeah because i do like every now and then when someone's come around the corner to yell out and make sure they're (laughs) they're alive (laughs) back in the zone (laughs) fear right fear and they say false evidence appearing real right the thing is with fear is that number one, fear, just as that statement kind, that quote kind of says, is, is it's not real, right? Mm. Fear is a future emotion. It's imagining things in the future going wrong. That's the only way that fear happens, mm. right? And, and the funny thing is, right, like you're never going to not feel fear. To, to, to expect to not feel fear is unrealistic. I'd hate to meet someone that was built like that because – like they're going to do the most outlandish shit and they've got no fear to do it. Like what stops someone from killing himself? Fear. What stops someone from killing someone else? Fear. You know what I'm saying? Like fear is a good thing. It's a good mechanism. And like the problem is though, is that when fear starts to stand in the way of ourselves making good decisions, like for our, for our, our, our wealth, for our health, for all the things, mm. right? It, that's when fear becomes a problem. It's like I'm scared to, to leave this relationship because, well, what if I leave this relationship and nobody wants me, right? What if I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too white, I'm too black, I'm too whatever. The fucking bullshit excuses, the reason, the story that you use to justify the fear, right? The fear keeps us stuck. And like people go, oh, I just don't want to fear fear. Well, that's unrealistic. Because see, like imagine that like you went and saw a movie and in the movie there was this hero that just never felt fear. There was no adversity. There was nothing. It was just they went through, they kicked ass and it was just, psh, it was like it was nothing. There was never anything for them over to, to ne- never anything for them to overcome. It was just smooth sailing the whole way. Be a pretty damn boring movie, right? Mm. See, courage is... The, the, the answer to fear at the end of the day, courage. And see, what people mistake 
is I think courage, being courageous, is someone that has no fear, but it's not true. Courage, being courageous, is, is standing up and taking action and doing the thing that you want to create the life that you want, even though you're fucking shit scared. Mm-hmm. Right? And the funny thing is, well, this is even funny. This is this the fact of the matter is, is that courage is like a muscle. The more you use it, the better it gets. Small acts of courage built up over time create a significantly different life than you currently have. You just have to start doing it. Little tiny mm-hmm. things, right? Believe me, if you've if you've not been courageous up until now, start doing it. Start with little tiny things. Like let's say you want to become a public speaker. Like it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be as simple as going and joining a local little Toastmasters group, right? And there's like 10 people in the room and you can just go there and every Wednesday night you can get up and you can just do a short little talk for two minutes. Or, you know, you could even start before that where you just, they stand up and they introduce themselves. It could be like, hi, my name is Todd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, when I was younger, I, I got caught up, part of my court order parole was to um, go to Alcoholics Anonymous. So I started to overcome my fear of public speaking when um, <laughs> when I was at AA because you have to you stand up and there's all these other people and I'd stand up and I'd be so nervous. You know, like that feeling that you get, that those nerves, the jitteriness. I'd like stand up and I'd be like, shit, my name is Todd. I'm an alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in four days. And everyone's like, hi, Todd. I'm like, hello, I'm sitting down now. But it builds up. Kiss Courage. our friends. <laughs> But courage, man, courage. Courage mm. is the answer to fear. But fear in and of itself, it was to, if it was to teach us a, a, a good lesson, I think there's two lessons inside of fear. It's your unconscious mind saying, number one, hey, prepare for this thing that's coming up, right? Prepare for it. Are you prepared enough? Make sure you prepare more, motherfucker. Like it, it's a yeah. pretty, pretty simple lesson. Second to that, if, you prepared or you can, if you've prepared or you can prepare and you can't prepare no more, it's like, Popeye, I've prepared all I can prepare and I can't prepare no more. <laughs> Give me my spinach. Um, what happens then is you need to stop imagining things going wrong because people that do an anxiety loop, a pattern of anxiety, and like, look, this, I'm not going to go deep on an anxiety talk right now because there's two pathways to anxiety, right? You've got amygdala-based anxiety and you've got cortex-based anxiety. And what's really, really interesting is that your cortex-based anxiety can trigger amygdala-based anxiety. But I've got a video on Facebook if you want to go find it that talks in depth about these two pathways and how you can overcome it. But just for now, know that cortex-based anxiety is you thinking about things. Cortex is your thinking, right? The thinking part of the brain, right? So imagining things going wrong, imagining negative consequences, that there, like your unconscious mind doesn't care what's real or what's imagined. That's the reason why you can imagine something long enough and then start to feel really, really bad. So the lesson is prepare as much as you can prepare and then stop imagining things going wrong and start imagining yourself get success. So get good at the story you tell yourself. Is that right? Correct. Tell yourself a positive story. You winning, you coming out on top. Make that the new habit because people Mm. that do anxiety really well, they've got a habit, a thought habit of imagining things going wrong and that's is what makes them mm. feel anxious. That triggers the amygdala. That then makes them have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Right? So fear. The next one is hurt. hurt Who hurt, loves hurt, hurt right? Hurt, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It sucks. It does. Um, you know, after this weekend, I had to make a distinction of what hurt would mean because um, there were a couple of people in the audience who were equating sadness and hurt together. And we had to kind of break them up a little bit. 
until we all got agreement. And that was that hurt is the feeling of being let down. Mm. And you'll agree being that feeling of being let down is different to sadness. It, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Like when I chat to people, they I say, well, how do you how do you differentiate between sadness and hurt? And most people say hurt is like this crushing feeling. It's like it's this this weight, right? Because like you had these expectations that have not been met, you know, by someone or something, and you just feel so let down and it, and it hurts. So was, once again, if, if that's that warning light by your unconscious mind coming on in the car, well, well, hurt is saying, hey, you've got expectations about someone or something that's not being met. Mm-hmm. And if, you're, if you've got enough EQ, if you've got enough emotional intelligence to be able to disconnect from the hurt for a minute, right? So get, get some altitude and be above it and be like, okay, well, well, what's going on? What am I expecting? What am I expecting? What that then gives you the ability to do is it lets you go, okay, so I'm expecting this thing of this person, right? And they're not delivering. Now, there's two pathways here. Number one is, okay, well, is that thing that I'm expecting known? Because I, I, I believe me, I've been coaching for a while, right? I've done quite a bit of couple coaching. And the amount of times that I'll, I'll be in a couple scenario and, you know, one or both of the couples um, have got expectations that are unspoken mm-hmm. um, and then, then they're feeling hurt and frustrated because these expectations are not being met is, is, is ridiculous, right? And the funny thing is, here's a story that they say that, that fucking keeps them trapped. I'd say nine out of 10 times, this is what happens. Whenever I, I, I dig deep and I find out what their expectations are in the relationship that aren't being met, that are creating hurt and letdown and frustration, normally they'll say something like this, like I'll find out that it's not been verbally said, Right. And then, like, I'll give you this. So this lady had this expectation that her, the husband would um, come home and within 30 minutes she expected him to, 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 to come up and say, hey, I love you. And the other thing that she had too, right, is she expected this is a different one, sorry. This is actually, this one's more relevant. So I had another lady. She had this, this expectation that her husband should cook. I think it was um, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Now, at some point she'd develop this expectation. And these guys were on the, the, the brink of, like, divorce. And... What was really interesting is that, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm digging into this woman's fucking expectation. I'm like, okay, talk to me about that. What, what's this? And she's like, well, I just, I just expect more of him. I go, what specifically do you expect? And she's like, well, you know, I expect that he does this, this. And she rattled off a heap of things, and he's just like sitting there going, yep, 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 yep. And then she got to this. I said, I said, is there anything else? And she goes, well, yeah. And the other thing too, and this really does get to me, is that like, like he knows that he should be cooking on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday night. Like I know that he works really hard, but that's what he what he's supposed to be doing. All right, supposed to share the workload. Now, as she's saying this, the funniest thing happened. Right at a corner of my eye, I just see him. And like, he's a typical blokey bloke. He's just kind of like going, what? Like, he didn't say it out loud. He's just like, <laughs> like that, that face, right? He's just like, and I looked at him. I said, I said, mate, did you know about this? <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone, nah. And then she's gone to me. She's gone, this is what I'm talking about. He just doesn't listen. He doesn't pay attention. And that's why we're here. And I had to stop her because she was like right in the emotion. I said, stop. When have you ever explicitly asked him to do that or told him that you expect this? And then she started to like try to get into, get into her narrative. She started to get into the story again. She's like, well, la, la, la. So saying all these things. She's like, well, oh my God, you know, it's some of those things that we've been said. And I said, has it been said? She said, yes, it's been said. It's been said. I said, are you sure that it's been said? 
and she started to second guess herself because he's sitting there going, starting to like, like I'm on his team. He feels like, and I'm just like, I'm like, look, and I had to say that too. I'm like, I'm not on anyone's team here. I'm just like saying, like, when was it said? And she goes, well, and here was the magic word, right? She goes, we've been married for 17 years. He should know. Should know like a psychic. Should know. <laughs> Damn it, those shoulds. There's he a sh- lot of things that happen these days that we hear, isn't there? That's sh- like that. Should know. Mm. He should know better. They should know better. They should do this. They, they, mm. they, you know, it's my daughter. She should know that I want communication from her. You know what I mean? We expect people to just know what, just because they've been with us for a duration of time, people change. Every seven years, people tell you have made mm. those like big changes in their personalities and stuff like that. It's like, well, no. If you expect someone to, to, to know what you require, your musts and your expectations are, without ever explicitly explaining them or letting them know or communicating it and making sure that they understand it, then, like, that's unre- unreasonable, right? Completely unreasonable. Mm. I gave this couple some tasking, right? I sent them away and I, I made sure he was crystal clear on what their expectations were. They came back, I think it was four weeks later, and, like, their relationship was infinitely better. We got rid of all the emotions and the bad habits, but most importantly is we set expectations and we align values because, like, sometimes when you meet, right, you just naturally synchronise with each other and, you know, you're naturally in sync. You're in rapport with each other's values, your beliefs, your expectations, and you, you facilitate that in the beginning of a relationship. But then as time goes by... It's not that you necessarily grow apart. It's just that you start to go back into your own patterns of, of how you, you value things and your beliefs and behaviors and stuff like that. And that's when you can start to feel disconnected from your loved ones. But the fact is you sometimes have to go back to, to ground zero and be like, cool, like where, where I am right now, what do I expect? What do I value? What are my beliefs? And then you link them up and it makes all kinds of relationships much better because like we grow and we change over the years. You can't expect what was 10 years ago to be what is now. Yep. It's unrealistic. And that's the second part of, of expectations and how to avoid feeling hurt, what to learn from hurt. Is this unrealistic? And if it's not unrealistic and it has been communicated, the next thing you have to ask yourself is if there's someone that continues to cross and not meet your expectations, even though they know they they know what it is, number one, and even though number two, um, it's completely realistic, then you need to, to make a very, very tough decision. And let's not sugarcoat because it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know sugarcoating going on here. Like it's hard to cut people from your life, but sometimes you need to because they are destruction in your life. Yeah. They bring nothing but pain. They're toxic. They're fucking energy vampires. They use and abuse you. And you don't need this. You deserve more. You have to just make the fucking decision Cut them from your life because if they're continuing to disrespect you like that, it's not going to stop. Okay? Find people to support you and grow and, and nurture you, right? Find people that support the, the, the future you and the current you and they just they, they help you move forward. Mm. You don't need that toxic shit in your life. People that add value to your life, look for them. So, look, this, this has gone quite a while, so I think we should kind of wrap this up and maybe continue yeah. this in another one because there's more emotions to talk about. But the main points from this episode here, right, is that like emotional regulation is an exceptionally important thing. And we need to, 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 to learn, number one, see, when you, when you get the learnings from the emotion, what tends to happen is the emotions actually disappear. Like that's the secret to yeah. releasing negative emotions. The way you resolve it is by getting the positive, empowering, future-paced learnings. So what does this mean for me now? What does this mean for my future? How can I grow from this experience? 
because you can either grow from it or you can burn from it. So you have to find the positive learnings. So you're saying someone's got 10, 20, 30, 40 years of emotional baggage that they could just eliminate it. Yeah, and obviously there's a process for doing that. Mm. But like even as things in the moment, right, moment to moment, like emotional regulation, being able to identify, hey, you know, things aren't happening to me, they're happening for me, it's a point of view. Mm. People around me aren't necessarily trying to hurt me, right? Every behaviour, all right, no matter whether, whether you like it or not, every behaviour that every single person does is geared by positive intent. It may not be positive for you, but for that person, there's a positive intent behind mm. the behaviour. And that's not making what fucked up shit that some people do right or wrong. It's just like if you understand that, you know, people do the best they can with what they've got. And that doesn't just mean, you know, other people. That means you too. At any point of time, every single person that you meet, including yourself, is doing the best that they can with the resources they currently have available. And sometimes, you know, things go wrong and we just, we lack the emotional resources. And like over the, the course of these podcasts, I want to give you tips and tools and techniques and ways to develop a strong mind and also a strong heart because that's what's going to push you forward in life. But anyway, look, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you've taken some value from this. Once again, go ahead and subscribe to this if you subscribe. Feel free to share this with anybody that you think needs to kind of get a grip on their emotions, and we'll see you in the next Unleashed and Unstoppable Show episode. Take care. See you guys.